You're listening to State of the Arts, a show about the arts, theater, creatives in and around the Philippines. Located in the beautiful Samsung Performing Arts Theater in Circuit Makati, Makati's Arts and Entertainment District, where something amazing is always on. On each episode, we invite industry leaders, arts practitioners, and audience members to talk about current events that shape and further the arts in the country. My name is Christopher. Together, let's talk art. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of State of the Arts. Our episode today talks about the exciting and magical world of the opera. Long considered as one of the richer and more rewarding classical performing arts, the opera continues to enthrall and mystify a lot of art enthusiasts. Our guest has been championing this world since 2010 and has been acknowledged and recognized and awarded for her talents and accomplishments. A classically trained soprano has used her classical gifts to champion Filipino music here and abroad. Please join me in welcoming the very talented, the beautiful, and highly relatable Ms. Lara Maige. Welcome Hi, to the everybody. show, Lara. Hi, everybody. Hi, Christopher. Um, how are you doing? Not too bad. Thanks so much. How have you been doing? <laughs> I've been good. I've been... Um you know, adjusting to life lately. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Sure. Thank you for squeezing us in your schedule. I know a lot of things are coming up and you're going to be very busy. And <laughs> I'm really excited for our listeners to learn about you and your work. Why don't we start by briefly letting them know how you get in the profession you're currently in? Okay, so... Um... My parents, my mom and my dad, they met at the UP College of Music. So, <laughs> and um, that's obviously why we're, mm-hmm. I think, um, I was born into a family of musicians. And my mom is a soprano. My dad is a conductor, arranger. He is a conductor of a, well, he, he conducts orchestras and also a big band, jazz band. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, when she need, needed a conductor for her recital, um, she uh, asked my dad and then it ended up in a marriage and uh, <laughs> there were four of us after that um, my brother is a classical guitarist I'm the one who took um, I mean like who followed my mom's footsteps and then my two of my sisters are into the arts as well so it was um, it was never forced we mm-hmm. really grew up in an environment an environment that um, was literally very musical very artistic very artistic and um, my mom made um each part of our childhood a very musical one and Mm -hmm. maybe i'll get to that later how right the experience was right was opera something that you've been interested in even from an early age actually um when i there was a time when i told my mom i think i was 11 Mm -hmm. and I told her mom I want to be a singer and then she said she asked me what kind of singer I said like you so Mm -hmm. for me then the only type of singer that I knew was a soprano or or a jazz singer or a Broadway singer I wasn't so much into pop before correct okay so so yes because I grew up with it I think 
opera and um, alongside um, Broadway um, was always very close to my heart. So, I see. Yeah. And, and you went to the UP College of Music, correct? Yes. Um, there was a lot of pressure because my whole family, they were all there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so um, if I didn't pass, it would have been a <laughs> It would have crime. been something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you still remember your very first, like, say, public performance? Um, yeah, uh, I remember my mom would, um, you know, I asked her suddenly because my brother, my brother joined a classical competition for guitar, for classical guitar, and then... I wanted to join as well. I don't know why I've um I why I just started to want to be in a competition. So I asked my mom, mom um, can you teach me? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I what she did was for me to get rid of the nerves, to the jitters, um, she would make me sing um, in funerals, <laughs> weddings, mm-hmm. relatives, uh, the the ga- um, gatherings with um, le- relatives. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I can't really remember my very first um, performance since it was like really nerve wracking. Sure. But maybe for my first paid performance, I was sixteen, and, I, mm. and that was the first time I was paid to sing. Right. But you've been do, you've been publicly performing, I guess, so to speak, um, e- even from such an early age. Yes. Um, I think it was always what I wanted to do. I see. Well, just zeroing into the art form that is the opera, what, what is it about the opera that makes you excited to pursue it outside of the fact that it was sort of imbued in you from from your mom and uh, from an early age but what about the art form that makes it um, attractive to you well um i'm um i just you know when i started doing songwriting i Mm -hmm. realized how much of a melody driven person i am and in operas and when you when you hear arias opera arias Mm -hmm. um especially the likes of the most famous composers in opera like Puccini. The melody is just so powerful and it's so convincing and it really draws you into the music and it makes you feel something that I I cannot explain, but triumphant maybe. And Mm -hmm. um, so it was always how the melody and the voice... I combined um, and and the challenge in creating that powerful tone that made me really interested in pursuing um, being a soprano. Mm -hmm. Um, And but uh, there are a lot of um, voice types, and I'm like my mom. She's a coloratura soprano, Mm -hmm. where in our home is uh, high up there. <laughs> right, right. When we do all these embellishments and because it's a very, I have a very light voice for opera. I'm, okay. Uh, usually for opera roles uh, that are very famous, like um, for, yeah, oh my gosh, that, that requires a mezzo-soprano, which is, mm-hmm. I'm, it's very far from my light lyric voice. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
the type of voice that I have is really for the young girl, the very young girl who uh, who expresses her her um, personality mm-hmm. with a, with her light voice. I bet you'd be perfect as Maria for um, West Side yes. Story. Yes. Oh my God, that's my dream. Mm-hmm. One of my mm-hmm. dream roles. My mom did that before. Nice. So uh, I, I, I wanted to audition for that movie. <laughs> really? Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of like dream roles, um, could you tell us some of your most memorable works here in the Philippines, especially those that involve you being on stage or at the theater? Um. Okay. So. Uh, unfortunately, in the Philippines, in opera, it's mm-hmm. not staged as common as, you know, in other countries. Because we do right. not have a venue. We don't have an opera house. Right. And, you know, having, uh, staging an opera, it would be great if it is in an opera house because of the acoustics. Sure. Because, because how you throw your voice, it's going to be easier and the experience is much greater when it is a well acoustic theater since we don't have that we i've only done so few here and but my memorable ones are really well not just in opera but uh me doing uh sarsuela and Mm -hmm. and that's very 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 close to my heart because it's filipino and um and i also grew up you know singing kundimans first Okay. And um, a memorable. Uh, Which role. I guess you could consider like it's it's a bit of like Filipino opera. Yes. Yes. So actually. to speak. Yes. Uh-huh. Sarsuela. Yes. Yes. And I remember I would watch my mom's videos from the Met in the Metropolitan Theater here, mm-hmm. where they did so many sarsuelas. Um, and uh, I think. The more memorable ones, uh, we would always do uh, excerpts mm-hmm. of from operas or musicals. So memorable ones were uh, when I did Sita for the ASEAN. Okay. Um, and when I performed for World Leaders, and <laughs> it, was, it was really nerve-wracking, but I did a Sita of Ramahari, uh, Brian mm-hmm. Kebab, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was in front of Trump. Trudeau and, and oh, wow. king of something or and it was at 9 a.m. in the morning and singing my lungs out. That was very memorable. And uh maybe another one is uh an opera that we did uh called The Medium. It's a 20th century opera already, where I it was very close to my heart because it's uh it's in English, it's just an hour. And it was easier to invite people to an opera that was, you know, that they and could they could easily understand because it was in English and it was just an R. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people they are not as exposed to it. So it was a good intro. So I love doing those kinds of roles. Great, you know, those with are that advocacy. Yeah, right. Um, those are wonderful stories. It's so exciting. Um, when I was when I was doing like my my very quick and small research about you, I understand that you have been doing a lot of crossover music, yes. dabbling in 
and jumping back and forth between classical, traditional, and mainstream music. Was this something that was intentional on your end or just something that just happened? Um, it's something that just happened just because I also had that love for other genres. Okay. And um, it wasn't, again, it wasn't forced. It was something I was just doing. I was just basically doing what I love. Mm-hmm. And um, aside from being a soprano, fif- I used to say that 50% of me was a jazz singer. <laughs> it's so mm. different. That's so different. But it led me to learning how to access my pop voice as well. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, when I started doing songwriting, which opened so much doors for me, by the way, in the mainstream world, um, er- all the songs that came out were ballad pop, but were greatly influenced by the melodies of my classical background. Okay. So uh, maybe if, when you did your uh, research on me, Christopher, I, I, I bet uh-huh. it was like, she's doing so many things right no totally yeah but Um, i love it uh well that's great i mean it's uh, i mean it's fantastic that you are uh doing that and i was gonna ask uh the the but the fact that you're doing all of that what would you say are some of the differences working on a classical piece of music in a more mainstream or pop music so um there really is uh, a big amount of, um, well, there's this very challenging um, risk that you have mm-hmm. to take on when you're doing a classical piece. And it entails um, putting aside more hours than doing something pop because, mm-hmm. because classical is very strict. It's very, sure. um, everything is written on, it's like the composer is already telling you how to sing it. Sure. And, um, but also in classical singing, you really have to wait for your voice to mature. And it, my, I remember my mom not allowing me to sing these arias that I wanted to sing because I was too, my voice was too young for it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to push it. So, so you have to really, while waiting, you have to train for it and to really make your voice develop. And it really takes time. Unlike when you do a pop song, a lot of, you know, kids nowadays could do a Whitney Houston piece. Sure. You know, um, in a jiffy. And me, with when it comes to um, classical, I really have to be more disciplined i cannot drink alcohol as much even though i love wine and and i cannot i have to sleep more i have to make sure that i always have enough sleep um and also i really have to train and when i mean what i mean by train is Mm -hmm. really it's like working out every day um Mm -hmm. so you're just like an athlete Oh, exactly, like an athlete, a vocal athlete. Right. I was going to say, that's a perfect segue, I guess, to my question. I was going to say, is there a difference in the way you approach your craft or 
prepare for things, depending on what actual medium you are to be doing or to present. Uh, and you've almost, um, I mean, you've already talked about it. Uh, and w- but when you're when you're doing, say, a um, traditional music, traditional Filipino music, or mm-hmm. uh, pop, or you're you're putting on your singer songwriter hat, um, h- how do you um, distinguish, or how do you tell your body, okay, today I am going to be. Um, <laughs> Maria Callas, you know, yes, or yes. and then and then uh, tomorrow I'm gonna be I don't know Regine Velasquez, uh, yes. and then the next day I'm gonna be like you know um, a- Avril Lavigne, yes, yes, <laughs> or, or 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 Audra McDonald, you yes, know? yes. So, um, yeah. so it really the first um, the priority is to um, set the mood, um, mm. and how I set the mood for my body to put on this hat is I really have to um, immerse myself in that kind of music. Um, So for example, I am about to take on another piece, a coloratura piece, a famous coloratura soprano piece that I've been wanting to do and I've been wanting to work on with my teacher. So how I and and while I'm doing my songwriting with with all the pop songs, when I go to the when I'm about to train for this aria, I really have to listen while I'm on the shower, while I'm in the shower, while I'm working, I really have to have it in the background and that's how I set the mood and I have to inspire myself mm. by searching my favorite sopranos. And then anything to get me into that mode. And it's easy because it's music. It's, mm. you know, it's never difficult to get into a mood because music does that for you. And um, and especially when I do uh when it's when it's jazz, right. you know, I just listen to I just get into that mood and even the food that I eat is related. Can you imagine that? No, I totally could. I was gonna say I, I myself am I am a classically trained uh, dancer, and mm. um, in, in a way, I wanted to sort of ask you: Do you find that as a classically trained um, singer, um, it's easier for you to transition to other types or genres of music uh, because your foundation is so strong? Yes, actually. Um... Well, because I have this a very, very firm classical foundation. You know, it's mm-hmm. not the same for everybody, though. Sure. Um, because for some people, um, though, though it depends on really how how you were you got used to things, and mm-hmm. um, it's just like when okay, people ask me, so you you're a singer, you don't drink cold water. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends really on you if you got used to drinking cold water then you know it wouldn't be a problem when you're singing and you're still drinking cold water aside from a person who has been avoiding cold water so for me i think um since at an early age i have a very strong classical foundation but at the same time i was not limiting myself to other genres and to exposing myself to other genres Mm -hmm. i was able to develop that you know um i I mean i could easily shift 
and but it took many years it took mm. many years mm-hmm. um and i just really had to have that discipline of treating each genre as how i also train for classical if even I if see. it's a pop song i would have to dissect the song dissect the song when i'm trying to sing it you know right um, you know this might be a a silly question but I was going to say, why do you think there's very few of you? Like, why do you think it's not as common to find classically trained artists on the mainstream stage? And in in a sense, um, vice versa. Why Why are there not very many mainstream artists trying to sort of like connect or do classical um, music? Mm. That's not that's not a silly question, Christopher. That's a very good question. Okay, <laughs> it's making me think um, right now. Um, but um, well, it really depends on. I really believe it depends on geography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> geography, like where where point. you yeah where you are. Um, I remember because in the Philippines, it's really it's really different. We we don't. Like I said um, earlier, we don't have enough venue. We don't have venues actually for operas. Mm-hmm. We don't have um, enough theaters, good theaters, to showcase this kind of art form. So, and we're more exposed to you know having the microphone with us and you know the beaded singing. Um, and I think there are only a few of us who delve into the main well who delve into the mainstream world mm. and who try to um well just because mm-hmm, <laughs> this is hard to answer but like um maybe just because you know we dare do <laughs> sure okay and that's, it's that's really, fair enough uh-huh and i do remember singing in florence italy and it was different it mm. was like they're very appreciative of you singing Italian songs, mm-hmm. and but it's the common way of how they sing it, you know. Like a pop song would be "Oso le mio" there. Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, you know, um, that's that's a perfect segue, I guess, to my question on you. Um, even in the United States, um, I would say, um, as a classical trained artist myself, opera. Mm-hmm or the art form of opera is, is is somewhat considered and I'm doing like air quotes right now, old mm-hmm. art form. Yes, and yes. and as and as as a practitioner yourself, how have you tried to make something you're very passionate about relatable to the generation of um, social media? Okay. So you know, when they say opera, they always think of the fat lady sings, you know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a fat lady with a big voice, with a, right. in a gown. So before I try to insert what I want to, um, you know, I it's not really just to educate, but to elevate their music experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way to do that for me is to... Make them hear something that they're very familiar with, mm-hmm. but you try to insert some. You try to insert, um, you know, it's like a segue to to what you're trying to say. Um, 
Okay, the, right. for example, um, there is this famous movie, I mean, that came out recently, a musical movie called The Greatest Showman. And then mm-hmm. there was this song called Never Enough. And then what I tried to do was to sing it my way, sing it in, I think, how, you know, people would appreciate it, that it's not too operatic, but it's also right. not pop at all. So, so it's still like a classical style, so to speak. Classical style, it's just a uh-huh. fusion. Sure. And then after doing that, you gain a bit of attention, and then you do a pure aria, like a like mm-hmm. you, I, and I pick I pick the ones that are very famous, mm-hmm. like Mozart's uh, Queen of the Night aria, right. the, or or the Doll song, which you know I feel like they're very entertaining. It's and the only way I knew that it was effective was someone posted a video of my last aria in my recital in my graduation recital in UB mm-hmm. College of Music. I did the Doll song where it uh, it. I think it was effective to Filipinos because, you know, I was doing the embellishments, uh, like the high coloratura voice, and then I would get low bat because I was a doll. And then someone would wind me up and then bring me back to life to sing again. So Mm -hmm. it was was like a segment in a noontime show, but at the same time, you were doing something very pure, purely opera, (laughs) purely opera, and it was... That's how I felt like, oh, this this could work because it got mm-hmm. so many views. And until today, <laughs> it's, it's been, still it's, being viewed. Yeah. Yes. And it's one of those, um, you know, uh, songs or arias that are most, I mean, that is highly requested from my repertoire. I see. So it's really more about exposure, which... Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think it's very important that the younger generation get to experience, be aware, and as we are talking about, be exposed to this art form? Well, um, you know, they have to understand that the well, classical music is the very foundation of what our modern music is based off of. Mm-hmm. And there is such a huge impact Um in our current society, um, without a doubt, like uh, with this, with I mean, it it all came from classical music, mm. and um, why is it relevant? You know, like something like opera is already a complete art form, and I mean, it it combines the elements of art, words, music, drama, and dance. And it, and like music, it just teaches us teaches us how to be human, really, and and to express ourselves as human beings. And I always say that music is always there to give mm-hmm. answers. Music is always there to let you express yourself when you don't have, you know, um, words to um say when you don't have enough words to say you you let Mm -hmm. music speak for you and i think for this generation especially for this generation where mental health is so you know it's such an issue Mm. um people turn to music and you know what opera can do what this art form can do is really make them feel alive again and Mm -hmm. um 
you know, it's something that sometimes you don't understand because it's in another language. But I I right. did, my friend told me before that he made his son listen to something like Nesundorma. <laughs> sure. And his son just said, you know, I feel like I'm a, like I'm winning. <laughs> it's a very mm-hmm. triumphant feeling. Right. So, and he was, he's 12. <laughs> and he didn't understand what it was. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. But in, we really in, need exposure. That's that's what we need for them. I see. And and I was gonna say almost related to what you just um talked about, but but putting your own experience in it, how has the art form or, or opera or music in general help you in your own personal development or shape you to who you are right now, today? Um well you know, learning music this way um, really helped me in all aspects of my life. And first is the discipline. Um, you know, that's why I always encourage kids to learn an instrument or learn or uh, learn how to sing, because mm-hmm. the less the the lesson there the life lesson there is you know you you have to set aside time to practice to be able to put out a good performance you have to be disciplined enough to put aside to, to set aside hours to to make something great you know make or perfect something and um it really has helped me uh even in putting up a business Mm. Um, and I always say that music has always given me answers so uh, this really applied also with my songwriting because I was able to express myself more um, when I knew how where I wanted my melodies to go and my advocacy in songwriting is I want people to use my songs to express themselves um, when they don't really have, you know, you know, if they want to express their feelings for someone else, they could use someone's song to do that. And I mean, I could go on and on. Right, <laughs> so right. So many things that right. music has done for me, but uh, basically, it it really just gave me all the answers. It I always see. gives me answers. Yeah fantastic i i i was gonna say i'm sure there are a lot of young artists who are inspired by your journey and are excited to see you succeed and perhaps are looking up to you as a source of inspiration what do you say to them when they're just maybe thinking of starting their own artistic journeys and are very new to this well i really want to say that um you really have to ask yourself how much you want it and um, you have to be open to learning. You have to be open to listening because, you know, a teacher will always be there to pour, to pour her heart out and to teach you what she knows. And mm-hmm. if you really want it, you would listen and you take that, um, take those lessons for life and um you really have to you really have to um ask yourself i'm really i'm very very 
particular about this. Mm-hmm. And because I, well, a lot of, um, you know, ch- students go to me sometimes and it, they're, they're just being forced by their parents. Mm-hmm. So if you already are wanting to pursue something like this, you really have to um, know how much you want it. You have to be prepared for heartbreaks right. because, you know, it's never going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reward is just fantastic. It's it's the most wonderful thing when when you hear an applause, a genuine applause from your audience, when you you know you touch someone's life and because of music because of your singing because of your songwriting because of your music playing so always you know treat it as uh i don't know um what do you call this like always treat it as uh an advocacy Mm-hmm. You know, why you just you ask yourself why you're doing this? Why why do you want to do this? What is right. your purpose? Like a lifelong like, passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Lara, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was gonna say bef- before I let you go, I wanted us to do some rapid fire questions. Are you up for it? I'm so up for it. Okay. Uh morning or evening? Morning. What is one constant item inside your pantry or your fridge? Bread. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you a texter or a talker? Talker. Okay. Sports uh, you wish you excelled at. Soccer. I see. A favorite holiday to celebrate. Christmas all the time. Yeah. Nice. Uh in on on stage or in the theater, would you rather play the lead or the villain? The lead and the villain. <laughs> well, the lead. Okay, fine. On TV, I'd be the villain. <laughs> okay. So, um, act, sing, or host? Oh, sing, of course. All right. Which other language do you, you wish you knew how to speak? I sing this, but I really wish I was more fluent. French. Oh, that's a hard language. To oh, learn. super. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Okay. I think you've mentioned this earlier, but I was going to ask again. Dream role? Um, well, yes. Maria, West Side Story. And mm-hmm. um, Kim, Miss Ion. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, a musical artist you wish uh, or hope to work with? Um... Mm, Renee Fleming. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because yes. <laughs> he does Broadway too. An right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to ask you to sing, but I was going to ask you, what is a favorite line from a music you perform? Oh, wow. Um, somewhere over the rainbow way up high oh that's really nice <laughs> there's a land where I, there's a land that i heard once in a lot of life <laughs> right right yeah it's hard not to sing it christopher <laughs> right i know i know yes <laughs> uh, a current uh, current soundtrack on your playlist oh italian songs for michael king 
I see. And and do you have um what is your go-to song? Um oh it is it's funny. Um the bell song or the doll song. Sorry, it's oh, really it's okay. aria. It's okay. an aria. <laughs> All right. So um dog or cat? Cat. <laughs> okay. Um first thing you do when you get up. Oh, this is a terrible answer. I'd look at my phone. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of us do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last thing you do before you go to sleep. Don't tell uh, me you look at your oh phone. Oh my too. God, that's the worst <laughs> answer I'm giving. If I thought the first one was already bad. This is the, the worst. Um, yeah, look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, name an artist that have inspired you. Nanette Moscardon, my ego, my mom. Good, good answer. So, <laughs> I, I think before I let you go, I know you have an upcoming performance coming up. Why don't you invite everybody? Yay! Okay, so I will have my an online concert on June twenty five at eight pm, and it is entitled Lara Maige, Queen of the Night. It, your tickets will uh, are available on ktx.ph. You can watch anywhere from anywhere you are in the world. And tickets are only at 8.50 pesos. You can watch with your family. You can watch with a glass of wine. And it's a combination of classical, Broadway, and standards. So it's going to be a really, really wonderful night of music. So make sure to purchase your tickets again on ktx.ph. Fantastic. That's exciting. <laughs> well, Lara, thank you so much for joining us and letting us have a short glimpse of your everyday professional life. It's been great and I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Christopher. I really, really, really enjoyed this. Yes. And for our <laughs> listeners who are interested in asking some follow-up questions, please leave them in the comment section. We'll try to send this to Lara and get back to you. Thank you, Lara. Best of luck with your upcoming concert. And we hope to get to see you on the stages of Samsung Performing Arts Theater real soon. Thanks yeah, again. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite channels. State of the Arts is a weekly podcast and is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. We're also on Facebook and Twitter with the handle at StateoftheArtsPH. Share with your friends, family, and fellow arts aficionados and help us get the word out. For the latest news, including upcoming events and important happenings at the Samsung Performing Arts Theater, visit their website at samsungperformingartstheater.com or follow the theater's official social media channels with the handle at CPATOfficial. You may also visit our sponsor affiliate pages, Circuit Makati and Make It Makati. Thank you for joining me today. Till next time.